and I remember one reporter driving at great speed up to Riddles Creek to try and rescue his own father. But when I looked through the lists on the wall of the police station of, of the names of the people they thought were victims, Welcome back to Life and Times. I'm Andrew Rule and this is... Olivia Jenkins. Today we have a show with a difference. This is Life and Times, not Life and Crimes. And it's just a little twist on the existing podcast. Andrew, can you take us back to what has been the hardest day as a crime journalist for you? Mm, I think... Ash Wednesday was a big one. That was the big fires of 1983. Not as many people and animals died that day as in what we now call Black Saturday. But, of course, we had fewer people living, you know, through the sort of outer suburban belt in those days. There weren't as many people to to burn, essentially. As the countryside has become more thickly populated in some areas, it's more dangerous and therefore more people will potentially die in extreme fire danger days. And Ash Wednesday was shocking. It was probably the, it was the worst one since 1939 when there was um, Black Friday, uh, Black Friday in 1939, uh, which my parents used to talk about. So it was um, notorious when I was growing up. I know if we went to the beach, my father could scoop out the sand and he'd say, see, six inches down this, that layer of black in the sand... That's from Black Friday, which was, you know, 30 years earlier. And there it was. So, yeah, Ash, I can, Ash Wednesday, I remember going with other re- reporters to the then police headquarters, which were up near the, the police building in those days, temporarily, the headquarters for the officers and so on, was near the Flagstaff Gardens. And for some reason, um, I, I was chief police reporter for the age and... John Sylvester, my friend, was probably chief police re- reporter for the Sun, I think. And I, for some reason, we ended up there, and we looked out from the top of the building. We went onto the roof and we looked out to the west, and there was this red cloud of dust coming in. It was like the end of the world, and there was smoke, and it was quite spooky. And the reports coming in from everywhere were were, were were awful, but you could tell they were behind the times. We'd hear of something happening, but by the time we heard it, there was already people and animals being killed. And so we're playing catch-up all night, and the reports got worse and worse, and we, we basically sat up most of the night and pretty concerned because a lot of us had friends or family, you know, out somewhere, and we were worried about them. And I remember one reporter who's now dead driving at great speed up to Riddles Creek to try and rescue his own father, uh, which he did. You know, he went there and he fought the fire and so on. But it was one of those events that affected a lot of people and it was truly shocking and it brought people together in trying to, you know, mass outpouring of, and, and you would have seen this, you, the last lot of fires, uh, mass outpouring of um, generosity where people would donate food, blankets, furniture, masses of stuff because everybody felt they had to help and it sort of brings out the best in most people and it brings out the worst in the few reptiles who go and loot buildings. There are always looters and they're no good. It's frightening how deadly fire is and how you can't predict which bit of it's just going to, if the wind changes, suddenly you're fried and it's just 
it's frightening and there's nothing you can do about it. And you don't really believe it until you see it, unless you've fought fires or been near them, which I have a bit. You don't realise just how dangerous they are. They're shocking things. And the, the heat is phenomenal. The heat will kill. Ash Wednesday was shocking. It killed people that, um, you know, I knew people that had worked in as, as uh, CFA firemen and they'd been exposed to actual death scenes where people died. You know, it's amazing how when you get a, a, a calamity like that, how when several dozen people die, it affects by some sort of mathematical truth that you know someone who knows someone always. And when I, another bad thing that happened uh, was the Bali bomb many years after this, many years after 1983. And I went to Bali. I was on one of the first planes to go up to cover it. And it was horrible in many ways and shocking. And I've never actually been back to Bali since, to be honest. But when I look through the lists on the wall of the police station of of the names of the people they thought were victims, I thought, I know, oh, that's unusual, that name and this name together. And I realised that I was probably related to one of these people. If you want to hear the rest of the bonus episode where Andrew talks about what it was like to cover the Bali bombings and how to deal with the trauma of reporting on something like that, subscribe to Crimex Plus or Herald Sun today. Crimex Plus is a channel on Apple Podcast where you will get all the Life and Crimes episodes a week early and ad-free, as well as bonus content such as these extended episodes. If you don't have an iPhone, you can also subscribe to the Herald Sun paper and hear the full bonus episode in our app. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of Life and Times. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? Uh, I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.